0: What order are we going in for names? <laughs>
1: <laughs> good question. I think let's just do it organically. I'm wrong. Or, organically. Right,
2: yeah. Hey, welcome back to Deepish. My name's Ross.
3: I'm Matt. Dan.
2: Jamie. <laughs> and you're listening to podcasts. that's all about a bunch <laughs> of different topics. We talk about them in a Deepish way. And so far, guys, we have some episodes out there. We've gotten some good, great feedback, actually. And so, just so everyone knows, we're willing and able and ready for feedback at any time. Uh, But we're super excited about the way the podcast has been flowing. I feel like we've gotten through some really, some really great topics in a deepish way because we kind of go deep on them, but just in an ish way. Mm. Right. I mean, that's right. That's the point of the podcast. Yeah. And that won't, (laughs) that will
1: not change today. I can guarantee that. (laughs) (laughs) You're bringing the ish. And he's saying
2: that because if you've listened so far, the rest of the guys, myself, Ross, Jamie and Matt have all presented our topics but tonight today is for Dan. So Dan take it away introduce us to our deepest topic of the episode. Sounds
1: good. So I am a little bit of a nerd about sort of the way that uh, people take in information the way that are combining that with like the way that our society has evolved to have an abundance of information. So today we're talking about information overload so i have read a few books over the past few years um one of them is like an absolute favorite uh it's called organized mind thinking straight in the age of information overload by daniel levitin um it's just a really good book another one is called brain chains uh, by theo something and then the other one's called essentialism um so i this is like a topic that i'm just genuinely interested in but am by no means an expert on um because there's so much information so i just haven't been able to get through it yet but anyway um so do you, do you feel like do you feel like there's like an overload of information i would say i was literally just about to say that. i would say i find myself overloaded periodically um oh, man, that must be really hard for you yeah it's hard to admit to be yeah. honest
4: great conversation yeah <laughs>
1: I can't. W- I can't wait to hear about it and to yeah. get some of that information. Yeah, someday we'll get there. But I think <laughs> for now we're just going to talk about how overwhelming it is to be overloaded. Yeah. Um, no. Um. So generally, though, I like it, it comes with like this idea of connectivity, and this this touches on like our personal lives, but also on professional lives, and and also I think as a society, like you know, I think everyone knows and has talked about like you know, social media is starting to get, you know, the tides starting to turn a little bit where people are more openly acknowledging, you know, that being connected in that way is kind mm-hmm. of a negative thing. And, you know, that that's sort of in the vein of, of what I am uh, kind of thinking of talking about today, but I'm focusing a little bit more on like the sheer volume of information. So that's kind of what I'm interested in talking about. So, you know, we'll just kind of get through it. So um there's a really really smart guy named Herbert Simon. He won a Nobel Prize in economics. Um and he has this quote that I love and so it's like kind of dense. So I I don't I won't read it twice. I'll just try to read it slowly. But so the quote is in an information rich world the wealth of information means a dearth of something else, a scarcity of whatever it is that information consumes. What information consumes is rather obvious. It consumes the attention of its recipients. Hence, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention and a need to allocate mm. that attention efficiently among the overabundance of information sources that might consume it. So you might need to pause and rewind and listen to that again because I have, I had to read it about 30 times before it really landed on me. But it's basically saying an influx of information, it, it sort of saps our attention. Um, and so in a, in a world, in a society of an overabundance of information, you know, sort of attention is what goes and, and that's, that's what is sort of taken away by that influx of information. So I, I think that concept is really novel. Um, it's really interesting to me just kind of broadly and, I have like kind of that old man perspective sometimes too, where I'm like, we all just need to slow down. Um, you know, so that probably feeds into this and this might be a little bit of like confirmation bias, but um, you know, I think broadly, I I think it's true. I think generally like we have so much information at our fingertips and it costs attention. That's kind of what it feels like. And easy examples like smartphones and you know, the internet, obviously, um, but I think in other ways, too, like our society kind of capitalizes on it a little bit um, and moves through it. I think there are businesses even that have become successful as a result of this idea. Um, you know, I can't remember yeah, the returned. name of it. Well, what's that business with the name of it where they will they have ads everywhere and, and they will like you can connect your bank to them. And they'll tell you all the things you're subscribed to because. Uh, yeah. every because no one can apparently remember everything that they're yeah. subscribed to even so it, it will uh, well. it, it, yeah, i can't remember the name of it but it that that's honestly it seems that's like the sole thing that they do It's you just they just tell you these are all the things that you're subscribed to do you want to be subscribed to them and it's like such evidence to me <laughs> like we can't even remember like what we've purchased and what is a recurring purchase because there's so much information true bill that's it that's what it is yeah and you know that kind of stuff i did that
0: you know how i found that information
1: you googled it i went to that i feel like um i feel like you've done it Wait, you've done it before oh no he's saying that he googled it probably and because there's a wealth of information out there Mm -hmm. he was able to get an answer quickly on The um, internet. the
0: information oh, highway, imagine. if you will.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Bing?
0: Bing.
1: That's what <laughs> it, I, it was. I binged it. No? I oh, binged okay. it. I think he ducked up <laughs> goaded. Is that? Is oh, that thing? oh yeah. yeah. Is that how you say that? That was good. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's. <laughs> you know what I like? <laughs> that What's Matt that? has said absolutely nothing. <laughs> Do you know why? Because <laughs> Matt's taking it all in. He's not I'm, trying he's to overload Yeah, I love overloaded. it. He's so overloaded. overloaded. He's, I've just been oh, watching Perfect example. He's, he's just, just watching nodding me. and he's like, man, Dan is so intelligent. This That's what he's thinking.
3: Pretty <laughs> much, yeah. I actually need you to read that quote again.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, I actually yeah same. actually it before. That, oh, no, it's okay. I'm just yeah,
4: kidding. could you? No, I, right, was I, was serious? I
3: would like to hear it.
2: Yeah, I was serious too. But just maybe someone to find dearth for me, asking for a friend. Oh, I think that's, like, What does that even mean? Like if you
0: take like a rope and you wrap it around you, that's your dearth.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I, <laughs> I think in this quote you can Isn't just... is girth?
2: Uh, I don't know. Wait, yeah, let yeah, me yeah. get my
1: girth. My, my rope. <laughs> Easy. Um, I, I think in this context, <laughs> just think of it as like the opposite of wealth. So maybe... Just, okay, yeah, okay. Just, yeah, yeah. Just think of it the opposite. Okay, let me read it again if you really want me to. Okay.
2: Yep. Yeah, I do.
1: In an information-rich world... The wealth of information means a dearth of something else, a scarcity of whatever it is that information consumes. What information consumes is rather obvious. It consumes the attention of its recipients. (laughs) Hence, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention and a need to allocate that attention efficiently among the overabundance of information sources that might consume it. Mm. Herbert Simon. I was
3: laughing the whole time.
1: I know, and I had to like yeah, really... I had to shut you out, man, to finish that quote. <laughs> just, uh, I was laughing. One more time. I said dearth,
3: yeah. and I was gone. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> or is it Darth?
0: <laughs> dearth. <Dirth. laughs> dearth Vader. Dirth. Darth. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. But I think it's dearth. It's spelled like death with an R in the middle there. Yeah.
3: yeah. Explain yeah. that quote to me in three words. Uh... Information,
2: information consumes over. attention. <laughs> nice,
1: okay. Dan. That's good. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, you're moving through like information overload. I And I'm curious kind of thoughts on this because, Jamie, I remember one time a long time ago. And you may not even remember this, but I remember it. We were, this is like the cell phones were burgeoning, they were coming out and I was like, Oh, I hate having a cell phone because anyone mm. in the world can contact me anytime that they want. And mm. your immediate response was, I like having a cell phone because I can contact anyone in the world anytime I want. <laughs> and it, you know, yeah. I feel like it just shows sort of maybe where we're coming from, um, yeah. you know, in, in different places. So. You know, again, I have that kind of old man probably feel where I'm like, Ugh, too much information. There's too much noise out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel sometimes as though you are on the opposite end of the spectrum that are like, there's so much you can do with all this information. It's so fantastic. And yeah, it's like I'm it's like I'm a glass half full kind of guy.
0: And you're like, uh, get this glass away from me. I don't want it kind of guy.
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, I yeah. would say that the general theme of my life is that I just want to be left alone yeah. um <laughs> and so I think that kind of works well with that um so yeah, I think um you know kind of generally, as we move through kind of talking about it it's it's like a physiological thing as well and and some of these books kind of that that I've read kind of touch on this but and it's really fascinating to think about, and we've all kind of probably heard the idea of. Like you can't, people can't really multitask like we think we can, but you're really just like fast switching between things. Um, And it's very stressful for our brains. And so, you know, the, one of the books that I mentioned, Brain Chains, it kind of talks about this idea of a reflex brain versus sort of a reflective brain. And the reflex brain overpowers sort of the management brain activity of reflection, which is like thinking ahead thinking broadly going deep into a subject and then remembering it and it and actually there's there's science that kind of gets into you know the idea of not slowing down and allowing our brains to move things from short-term memory to long-term memory um, and it kind of creates this systemic loop where we're constantly moving between new sources of information so quickly that you know if we're not taking time to properly think through things you don't actually commit them to memory so long-term memories get worse. We don't remember things as well as we did. And sort of the, you know, one of the contributing factors I think to that is like being constantly distracted. So being connected all the time, notifications popping up all the time, but also what we do to ourselves, like social media, you know, like you're looking for that little dopamine rush of that new piece of information that's kind of come through. So, you know, I'm that way too, you know, I like to scroll through and learn new things. So I'm like, reddit is a great source of that for me and sometimes i'll just get on like you know subreddits where i just want to learn something new and i'll just scroll through and read a snippet read a couple sentences i'm like oh that's so interesting and then i'll just kind of move through the next thing and it kind of i don't know it just i think it creates the system of like you know uh, of not paying attention to things and then it's gone like it's just this it's in it it comes in, it doesn't stay, it doesn't stick, it moves on. I mean, I can't tell you probably 98% of the things that I've ever read on Reddit, you know what I mean? But I've read mm-hmm. tons of stuff, and I know that I have. But I can't tell you most of it, because no. I don't take time to process it and to remember it. Um, You know, which I think is really interesting. So wait, so wait. So back to the, the,
0: the ref, the ref, say the, say the two types of brains of this. Like reflex about. brain and then reflective brain reflective brain so are uh, does the book discuss it like you know pe- people generally have one or the other or that these are kind of two different
1: you know ways that our brains work it's it's different, different ways brain. that our brains work it's in, like in different circumstances yeah or... and i would say it's almost like our brains have the ability to move between tasks and and be mm-hmm. reflexive really quickly with with I think a lot of efficiency, but they don't necessarily, they're not intended to function holistically that way. It's like a, you know, it's intended to be kind of like a peak, you know, like you don't, you're not supposed to live there. You're just supposed to, it's, it's like a, it's something, it's a resource. It's something that you should be able to call upon to say, right now, I need to be able to move between tasks like super fast and then, you know, move. And then you go back down into the valley where you're able to contemplate and, and reflect properly and then, you know take those things and and sort of store them and and think deeply about them and get creative um so it's like almost the opposite of like a maybe like a sedentary lifestyle like the physical sort of other side of that where like everyone likes to sit down you know everyone needs a break everyone needs to do that but it's not supposed to be what you're doing all the time do you know what i mean like you're you're supposed to have like a a state a default of of sort of activity and then resting and sitting is supposed to be you know like the exception to that and and we've sort of shifted into you know now just the way our society's moved we use our brains so much more than our bodies now and you know so we find ourselves i work at a desk so i you know i'm sitting probably more the day than i'm not so you know so i think it's kind of the the flip of that do you know what i mean where it's like instead of having sort of a a standard deep contemplative reflective processing state we're almost moved into this like heightened you know reflex state where we're just responding to stimuli you know with notifications or you know having to move between things so yeah i think it's interesting i'm not probably smart or educated enough to like talk extensively about like you know like the consequences maybe of that but it's i think it's interesting to talk about interesting to think about and identify and you know i i don't know maybe you make a change maybe you don't but
0: i so one thing so obviously we have way more information now than we did you know 30 years ago or 50 years ago at our fingertips etc but something that's also interesting is i feel like i imagine that our capacity to Interpret that information is like, uh, you know, significantly better than it was thirty years ago as well. I was, th- I mean, this is not the same thing. But have you ever seen that ad for the first ad for Excel?
4: Mm-mm.
0: Okay, no. so I will send it to you guys. But so in this first ad for Microsoft Excel, it is the most absurd thing ever. This, it's <laughs> like I think it's like in the. Late eighties or early nineties. It had to have been early nineties because I think it was like it was on a, it was on a laptop and whatever. So, so these guys are in an elevator. They're oh they've got the big sales meeting coming up and they're they're preparing and he's like oh I forgot to do whatever it was to build these charts these graphs. Hang on a second. You know what? It's all going to be okay. He pulls out his laptop. He starts creating probably the the most simplistic table i've ever seen in Excel, like it's just like <laughs> three years across the top as columns and like three you know three rows and it's oh and then he he shows a chart based on that data and it's just absurd and I was thinking about that I was like that was legitimately impressive I mean people were excited about that right then and yeah. now we look at that and it's a joke because our capacity and our kind of our universal um, the bar has been raised universally. Now, if you are a beginner at Excel, you know how to do the things that this advanced user of Excel was doing 30 yeah. years ago, and it's totally. probably in a lot of ways it's got to be the same with with information. Our children are better at uh, at kind of ingesting the the various information that we have every single day. Probably the, better than we were, you know, 20 years ago ourselves as as adults or yeah. children,
1: whatever. We you, know, are, it, you know, it makes me think of like you know, I don't know, like exploring into a rainforest or something where it's like the first guy to go through is walking through with a machete and having to like cut plants down. And like, that's hard. And then, you know, the next guy that goes through is able to walk through that. He doesn't have to cut all the plants down, but maybe it's a super bumpy road, you know, but the more that it gets used, the easier it is to travel. And then somebody comes along and paves it. And then all of a sudden it's not so much about you know, the bumpiness, it's about the distance. Do you know what I mean? It it becomes like a new challenge. And I I feel like that's, you know, I think how we learn, you know, once you have a construct for how to like take something in and how to learn something, it it does, it serves as like a foundation that you can kind of then build on and increase the complexity. Um, And it's, it is, I think it's fascinating that our brains work that way. Um, right. And are kind of able to build those pathways. And yeah, and it, I think there's like a social influence in that too, which is really fascinating. But yeah, that's really, really interesting.
0: Um, There's also, sorry to, but there's also the like, we think about information differently now. You know, our generation is a lot more comfortable not knowing certain things because we know that that information is accessible. At any point, by you know, via internet search, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, our pa- whereas our parents' generation really had to l- learn certain things, and you know, my my parents, if I'm helping them with something, their first thought is not "let me look that up." It's their first thought when they don't know something is "I don't know that thing," right? Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how our children grow up with that i mean obviously there's the whole calculator i you know the idea oh why do i ever need to know this i can just use a calculator or why right. whatever i need to know this i can just look it up there's there's probably gonna be things that we think are important to know that they just will never need to know because it'll always be at their fingertips or it'll be automated for them or and it's a little bit of a different topic but
1: yeah it's interesting. It's
2: true though, because like I, I renovated a whole. So when we were in Chicago, I renovated our whole kitchen. Like tore it out to the studs and rebuilt it all, myself solely off of Google and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I mean, like, I mean, well, we had help, like too, like so there were friends that helped, but like, and we did hire a professional for a beam and stuff because that's a little more like professional stuff, yeah. you know, that you have to do right, absolutely. But everything else from how to fit stuff, how to. What kind of stuff to buy, like reviews on things, like help me measure, like not not physical measure, but like measure out the cost analysis, what we should choose and why, you know? Yeah. So all the information was clearly helpful. So it's like this. There's also, though, I think like going down that path and an overload of useful information because at some level we were stuck on some choices or things because there was so much information about that thing. And I remember specifically it was like fridges and we needed a very specific size fridge for like our space. And we were overloaded with tons of fridges versus if we just had the option to go to the store that only sold right. a certain type of fridge. Right. That's all we knew. It is whatever. But that overload of that information, which was good information because it helped us find the best cost and um, for what we needed and the best one. But it also was stressful along the way. So I do see the tax that an overload of information good or bad can take on people yep um so yeah i definitely see it i think i'm at the point now though uh and we can continue to talk down that path i'm not trying to move it along i'm just saying i think like my mind's working at the point of like what do we do to solve it like what is the the solution or the step or the thing we can do to like be better is it like you know you're you know be a little bit more like dan and like just you know yes don't do, <laughs> you know what i'm saying though but like kind of shut it off and not that you said you shut it off but you're very much the personality that you're fine not
1: replying to texts yeah but um, you know some of that is no, it's not no, it's no, not I'm as just, noble you as know you're saying? making it sound i mean it's not like that i i know what you mean though and i, I i'm honestly, just i'm just kidding about the text but yeah, yeah. i know i i would absolutely recommend uh organized mine if you're interested and I'll talk a little bit about this, like, um, but it, it is really, really interesting. And he, he goes into talking a lot about kind of solutions for things. And some of it's like life hack type stuff, you know, but some of it is it too, is just, you know, really interesting kind of paradigms and like ways to, to evaluate. And I'm actually have a couple of those things. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, and book. yeah it's it's really really it, it's a really good book i think really interesting i I'll, I'll talk in a few minutes about a couple of the items i i pulled a couple of, of things out that have been really helpful for me as examples but um kind of before we get to that i think a, another interesting aspect that i kind of wanted to touch on was kind of the societal expectations around information and how much is out there mm. um and it's almost a societal or a social uh, expectation that we're consuming information that is mm. very readily available to us um almost to the point that if you don't it, you're almost seen as an eccentric kind of at best but maybe like a social outcast at worst um you know by sticking your head in the sand and and not being aware of things or ignoring science you know that kind of stuff so it's like you know current events might be a good one if you're not relevant on current events you're kind of uninformed at best and ignorant at worst like you know not Mm. being aware of like hey there's a war going on in ukraine you know which you know i think those are examples of it's great that we have so much information to be able to know what's going on and things like that but even with like technology it's like if you're sort of behind the curve you're outdated at best and obstinate worst It's like. You know, you don't want to be into technology. You don't want to be into the new things. And there's, you know, some pressure there, I think, to like move on to the next thing and embrace the new technology that's out there. And you know because it's new, it needs to be acknowledged and used, even if, you know, kind of what we have is working fine. And so I don't know it's, it, that that is sort of an interesting concept to me, too, where it's like we're we're so eager to move on to the next exciting thing. As the next new piece of information or the next, you know, piece of technology and that kind of stuff. Um, It's just,
0: uh, it it really shows, you know, as uh, not, I'm not going to be talking about politics, don't worry, but, you know, we can't really help but be a progressive society um, where meaning there's always this thought of what's next? Where are we moving? Mm -hmm. How can we you know, develop better solutions for our, our problems, et cetera. And, you know, that may be capitalistic in nature. It may be, um, altruistic in nature, but it's, you know, we're always moving things forward. Um, and like back to the whole, the bar, it, you know, it, it raises with each generation, right. Yep. For what the norm is. And I guess we just naturally leave some people behind and yeah, some of those people age out of it. Uh, Some of those people, you know, decide they're not going to be, they're not going to participate at the same level as everyone else. Um, Like for me, for example, uh, my wife watches all of the real housewives of, you know, Dumpster Valley or whatever. And (laughs) I, I know that they exist. And sometimes I'm in the room when she's got them on. Mm. And every single time I got to ask, what's that person yelling at that person about? Why do those two women look exactly the same? Yeah, yeah. Why are these 60 year olds like pouncing all over these 20 year olds, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm clearly being left
1: behind that bar is my point. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, I mean, on, on sort of, I guess in that vein, like it, it's also because of the internet and because of accessibility to information, what we're doing right now like we have the ability to record a podcast and send it out to the world to listen to our ideas and so the Mm -hmm. sheer volume of information and sort of the ease of distributing that information uh to really large audiences pretty much instantaneously um it creates a challenge of consuming the information but also of i think determining whether or not you know if it's supposed to be factually found right. it, if it is true, if it's not true. And I mean, granted, that can go down a road, but <clears throat> you know, it's like Ross with your kitchen. You know, you're reading articles, watching videos about people that are doing stuff. And like, you know, but you don't know their credentials. You don't know like are do they know what they're doing. You know, you're just if somebody posted a video and it's almost like that's their expertise. It's like they went out of their way to record themselves, putting in a cabinet. So they must know what they're doing with cabinets and I hope I'm not going to ruin my, you know, kitchen by doing it the wrong way or something like that. And so you just kind of hope that, I don't know, it's kind of like, you know, so you have to like work through that as well. Like you have to like almost judge the information as you're taking it in to try to determine and like sense check it to see if it's correct which is kind of... Yeah, and a
2: lot of that happens by interaction. Mm-hmm. So you think of, like, you you gain information, but yet the credentials of that information is solely based on others' interactions. So, for example, reviews. Mm-hmm. Like, how often do we go to buy something because it's available, we've been informed about it, but we go to the reviews to see what it's really about. You know, if I watch a video of a dude putting up a wall and every review was like, this is not right, you know, like, this yeah. dude doesn't know that's my basis now but that's more information i'm taking in but you're right too though like i definitely watch many videos and we all do that we just assume their expertise Mm. and that's really interesting because yeah so there's like um i mean do you think there should be well so i guess going down part of the political trail is like maybe it's not so political but like the regulation side i'm not saying regulating like limiting speech but you think of like the false news stuff. Through COVID, I think we saw it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the most that they begin to not to like not regulate and like take away free speech or anything like that, but put disclaimers like this could potentially be false, Yeah, you know, information. This could be like not the truest or up to date information. Yeah. You yeah. Know? There's there was Based a
0: recognition on... that there there was information overload. There was no kind of right pr- proof of this what one, is yeah. true. And then there's an attempt by uh, you know by publicly owned companies publicly mm-hmm. traded companies to Correct. to you know ostensibly do the right thing <laughs> um but what you're left with is you're you're still left to figure out mm, do i believe that they're right. that their fake news tag is right or not you know do i right. trust right. facebook or you know google mm-hmm. or whatever or not you're you're really right back to square one but now just with a yeah, new so, yeah, with a new word. flavor of this because now it's not just does Frank, the person that posted this information, know what he's talking about, but now it's also does Facebook's representation of what Frank said properly reflect what happened. It's man, it's confusing. It is almost a loop for sure, but back
2: to my point that the world noticed the overload. Yes. Or people Yeah. To some level. And so there's an overload of what we believe to be false information or what you know what they believe to be false information so now we're gonna notify people of it yeah you know i mean i I can't say i'm not gonna lie and say i saw some of those right and thought for a second you know like oh is this yeah well you like is this false or is this like you know because then you hear the other side of those people like facebook all these are like limiting uh like you know suppressing the truth
1: yeah
2: and it's like yeah is that false you know you're just in this loop you're right jv it's like you're back to square one. yeah
1: it's it's so interesting and <clears throat> thinking about like where we came from you know like 50 years ago before the internet you know information was not as easy to distribute so you had to like you know generally i think information was only distributed if you had the credentials if you were a trusted source you know peer review of scientific fact you know things like that And so, and you had these networks that like people just trusted what the news put out, I think to some extent, and they trusted what was published and it was, you know, we had like four sources. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you had to go through and, you know, that was proper journalism. Like, you know, you would lose your credentials and your credibility if you were publishing things that turned out to be false. And, you know, that has all kind of gotten watered down. So it's like trusting Mm -hmm. the source or. Do you trust people that trust the source or, you know, do you just pick out what you can verify? But that's what's tough about it is it's like if I want to go learn about, you know, some specific, you know, topic, I just have to kind of, I don't know, like almost spread out and read a bunch of different stuff and see what they have in common and Mm. or go to someone and say, who knows a lot about that topic that would recommend something that I should read, but do they have an agenda? Do they are they selectively choosing things? You know, it, it's really complicated. It's hard to like know yeah. where to start and where to go. Greed. Yeah. Mm. Greed. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um okay, cool. So, you know, kind of on those notes, inf there's a lot of information. We don't always kind of know what to do with it. So Ross, you'd mentioned like what do we do with And some of that we're never going to be able to solve like the, the, the trust stuff, you know, what are you reading? I I don't, I don't have any idea how we get out of that or what to do about that. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not smart enough to figure that out, but I think, you know, that's why we have, you know, we always reach out to each other, I think, you know, and ask about that kind of stuff too. And I think maybe that's just Mm -hmm. what you have to do. But, um, so that book, Organized Mind, a couple things that it suggested to do related to kind of handling information overload. So a big focus of that book is externalizing memory. So it it is offloading things out of your brain into your environment, into your surroundings, just generally externalizing things or establishing a paradigm or like a structure that you can use to get back to the information quickly. So it's, it's kind of the Google it, you know, it's like, we don't, Mm. I don't need to memorize certain things if I can, if I know exactly how to go find that information. And we do that already with like songs and poems. Um, You know, writing is externalizing memory. If you think about it, like, you know, that think about how novel that was. And a lot of, you know, the earliest writing was record keeping for businesses and, and things like that so that they could start to keep track of what they were selling because shocker, they couldn't remember everything. Um, you know, so I think that kind of stuff is like when you start thinking about it like that, but also you have like acronyms or, you know, people sing songs to help, you know, them memorize things or mnemonic devices to help remember things. That's all, those are all examples of externalizing memory you're using something in order to organize that information. So you don't have to like wrote immediately recognize it. Um, And so he talks about a lot of that kind of stuff and also some math stuff, which really helps. But I think one of the most profound examples that I took away from the book was actually passwords. So everybody has trouble with passwords and he's, Mm -hmm. he suggested this tip basically in the book. For passwords, and I've used it for probably like four years now, and mm. it is honestly remarkable. So I'm not going to tell you what my passwords are, but I'll tell you like the <laughs> structure. So you pick a song a that you love, one,
0: two, three, yeah,
1: and that's the perfect <laughs> password. I never have to know. Um, so you pick a song that you really love, and pick like a you know a, a verse or something like that, or a chorus. And then you take the first letter of every word, and that is your base password. And then, sort of, whatever you're creating that password for, you kind of bolt it on to the beginning. And then you can throw maybe a number onto the back or something like that. And you can build unique passwords kind of around this main base password. And I use this every little password setting says it's it's super strong every time i create one and probably the most wonderful thing about it is i have gone back to websites like 2 years after setting up an account and all i think to myself is if i was creating this account today what would i make the password and it works
4: mm.
1: i would say like 9 out of 10 times the password just works and then i could just log back in and use it and it is Remarkable! It's it's like so phenomenal. So baby,
2: bye 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 <laughs> bye, 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 bye Yeah. So yours would be oh, like
1: okay. b b b b b. b, b. b,
2: b. <laughs> Ross, I was gonna
0: say staying alive, staying alive, uh-uh, and it was just gonna be s a s a a a a. Umbrella yeah. Ella. I can Ella. tell
2: by the way you move. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt.
0: Umbrella Ella Ella would just be you. Ella, hey, hey, hey.
4: Hey. <laughs> Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> so so the stupid. key is let no
2: one know your favorite song yeah. then, you know, Basically, song, man. So what is your favorite song? Yeah. Man? My
1: my song my password is based on the Cha Cha slide because of, that's how much I love it. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> but you know, that's just like an example. So I don't I don't have to write it and I actually have a couple of them that I use now and I spread out, which is really great, but it it is easy for me to remember passwords cool. and to kind of move through stuff and as you know, so that's that's just one sort of example. There's like a bunch of other stuff that's in there too, but it's um it's really, really super interesting. Um another and this kind of relates directly, Ross, to the fridge thing you're talking about. So there's this concept. So the quote that we read at the beginning was by a guy named Herbert Simon. And he also has this kind of concept that he's developed or he coined. It's called satisficing. And so Simon wanted a word to describe not getting the very best option, but getting one that was good enough. So for things that don't matter super critically, you can make a choice that kind of satisfies you and is deemed sufficient. um, And, you know, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the best thing. So it's sort of like this idea of, you know, working through identifying a refrigerator and you say, does this refrigerator meet our needs? Yes, is it the best one in the market? Maybe not, but if it's a good price and it's a good fridge, you move forward with it by making kind of a compromise mm-hmm. and not having mm-hmm. to evaluate all the options to ensure that you're getting like the absolute best thing and then just leaving it alone and just moving right. on and mm-hmm. and moving past it and so you know, I think it's like a you know he kind of like associates it with like a key to happiness almost which you know is what it is I mean maybe but you know I think generally there's a lot like effectiveness and productivity right yeah because I mean I'm a researcher so I'm somebody that can agonize over like I need to buy like the absolute best coffee mug and so I'm going to go in and research what the material's made of and how well it holds heat and right. that doesn't matter like you know at the end of the day I'm talking about keeping heat for like an extra few minutes or something right. like that like the practicality of it does not merit like the over-research like somebody else has already decided that ceramic Mm -hmm. and porcelain and stoneware are you know are what are going to be used to make most most coffee cups any of those yeah it's not it's not it's not how you innovate but it's it's
0: how you you know just operate right yeah i mean i i'd say it work uh Often with with teammates, you don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Like I I didn't make that up, obviously, but it's the same idea. It's like there's plenty of good enough options out there that will get the job done, and you move on. And you know, sometimes we 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 miss those because we're sitting there trying to find perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting.
3: I think that I don't know if you're going to get to this at all, Dan, but there is like a pretty big social side to this for. At least like young young, younger, not younger adults, I don't know, but like kids, yeah, and young adults, mm. and it really relates to really actually what Jamie just said, even though it's you know you might be dealing with more like task element stuff, but you know, I've just been absorbing because this applies so amazingly to what I do every single day, so I'm like, oh, I kinda need to like just listen because I haven't really considered. Even though I'm a researcher too, I haven't really considered looking into this side of things. But a lot of these kids these days are, they have, at least the kids that I interact with now, they have spent their whole lives comparing themselves to someone else. Mm. I mean, that's literally, that's what they've done their entire lives. And so what happens is, is they look at someone and they say, their life is perfect. What they're doing is perfect. They look perfect. I wish I, was where they were because it's perfect i'm not perfect i don't look like that i don't do those things i don't have those things and so they have this false sense of reality because you know it's not just data or words that they're consuming it's photos it's it's things like that it's Hmm. that's they're overloaded with that and so we spend because i'm also a coach we spend all this time with college athletes with teenage athletes having to convince them that that's not real it, you know your picture of success is not accurate you that person has probably a horrible life they just never show it
4: mm-hmm.
3: and you cannot believe in those things but unfortunately because like we're we must be the last generation that that didn't grow up this way because we don't really think this way but these kids do they think this way And it's really sad. It's really terrible. And you have to really like build toughness in them Mm -hmm. because they aren't understanding that this isn't reality. What you're seeing is not reality. Um, It's meant, um, you know, it's, it's not, I don't even know how to describe you guys all understand what I'm saying, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then there's just added pressure from other things on top of that for them.
1: You know, that reminds me of a quote that I haven't thought of in a while, Um, but it kind of leading towards, you know, how getting caught in a cycle of, of, you know, comparison, but it's envy is pride without success. And, you know, wanting what somebody else has, wanting Mm. to be what somebody else is, is it's it's the inverse of pride you know, and having those things and being that success and those things. And it, I think the quote was kind of meant to sort of point out that even when you get it, like it, it's not, it's still not a good mindset to be in. It's still not because then you're just thinking that you're better than everybody else. And, you know, that's, you know, not necessarily intended to be, or it's not a really healthy mindset to have and that kind of stuff. So I don't know that made me think of that. It's just kind of interesting. Well and I think it creates so, yeah. a lot
3: of anxiety in their lives that's not necessary, right. because mm-hmm. that for for thousands of years, we just spent our lives trying to survive, right Because life was tough, and it still is tough, but in, in so many ways, like now we're worried about so many just exingenuous things that just have no value, that really make no sense, truly. Mm-hmm. you're anxious over something that makes no sense. Um, when, when we spent, like I said, thousands of years worried about where is our food going to come from? Are we going to make it through mm-hmm. this, right? mm-hmm. you know, this and that, um, now it's like other dumb things. Yeah.
4: You know, and I that's where you have too many things.
3: Good. Ross.
2: Yeah. I think you were, you, you and I specifically Matt work with teenagers. So it's like in, and students between like, and then the high school, middle school range, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but. It's like, yeah, like even the fact that like Instagram and, and Instagram is like an owned entity of Facebook, you know, they're kind of it's just mega under meta, whatever. But it's like Instagram even saw the need to, I think it was years ago now, but in um, this statement that I'm just now reading and looked up real quick through the information overload loop nice uh says in an attempt to make users experience more pleasant instagram rolled out that ability at first they made it they forced it the ability to not be able to see likes on your post anymore or not be able to see them the number of likes right because it was having this vast negative effect on teenagers primarily but also people that like would post something if it didn't get enough likes they would take it out because they use that to fulfill their satisfaction or just their the view of themselves essentially Mm -hmm. and that is all based on the information overload you're able to post out to thousands of people and they can instantly consume it and then give their feedback good or bad and that then levels your value or or to you it's a perceived value right it's not like a real value it's like that to you you perceive your value. So it's like
1: And you're connected to Yeah, it's a it. big deal. And honestly,
2: yeah. you're connected to it, right? And honestly, it, it was funny. Um I'm not super popular or anything. So I'm not saying that in this way. But I I noticed this year, I told Noelle, I was like, typically I get all these posts on my birthday on Facebook, like people saying happy birthday, right? And this year I was like, I didn't get very many of those. And that's like didn't really bother me. I was just like curious, like, interesting. This is so interesting. I didn't and that's like okay like not a lot of people care about my birthday like it does I wasn't like personally I wasn't like her or I didn't feel to her like I was you know lessened of a valuable person but then I I was just like that's so interesting so I looked at my thing and I'd hidden my birthday I guess in the last year Ah. and so it's not public information anymore Mm -hmm. I, I remember doing that like once I looked at that I remember doing that and um, because well, I was running down solutions, like maybe people just didn't because they didn't care, which is fine. But like, maybe I just don't have a birthday on there, which would be great. But I did. But it was private. Mm. So I was like, oh, OK, so that so my millennial brain is going there a little bit. Right. Of Like, I thought my information was out there. People could be reflecting on it. And I wasn't getting that. That felt weird. Yeah. Because they had so often in the past. But yet, it, you know. And thankfully, I'm a, I'm a healthier, healthish person. You know that I yeah. wasn't like shot to the heart Upset and stuff about it. Know? But um, I mean, the point
1: yeah. is, it can happen. I mean, you looked, right? You looked into it because you were like, "This is weird I did, and different." Yeah, I was like, and, this is weird. I mean, I yeah, I've done stuff like that too, so I don't think it's exclusive to you. So I, I think, I think probably you have a point, Matt, about maybe the next generation or the the kids now. I mean, they've grown up. That's all they've known. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't, you know, we were introduced that after we were probably a little bit more emotionally formed. Um, yep. Absolutely. You know, so. Right, right. I mean, that's it's a worth, good point,
2: actually, the emotionally formed piece. It's, it's worth it's actually.
3: I've seen enough now that, like, you know, I've, it's worth just talking to our kids about, you know, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, just, just understanding. And I feel like it impacts girls more than boys, to be honest with you. I mean, and that's what I've always coached is females. So I just really see it like really bad, like honest to goodness. And um, it's worth, it's worth visiting truly um, because they really get their value in the wrong places Hmm. um, and they, and then it's not, it's not good.
4: Hmm.
2: Yeah, no, I totally can see that. It's almost like this lesson of your value is anything outside of the internet. You know, yeah. Like, take away the internet, your value is everywhere outside of that. But even if you put yourself on the internet and you're deemed valuable, it actually doesn't add to your true value, anyways. You know, it's like if if a million people like your post and think you're awesome and stuff. I guess you know, in in some way, it could add to your value profile of like being someone who could influence other people. But it doesn't actually. I don't. I don't think. And I'm thinking through this now as I'm saying it. So tell me if I'm wrong. Add to your inerrant value mm-hmm. as a person. No. Like as an individual. I think, I think so uh, like with
0: or without it, your value. I think the number of likes that you get on posts is directly related to your value as a person.
1: That's so, what I think too.
0: Agreed. And I think agreed. that's the moral of this entire conversation. Get more likes, <laughs> be more valuable. So now I'm feeling it's worse than my because, stuff. Maybe uh, I should
2: think into that.
3: <laughs> it's yep. sad because that's what people believe. I mean, there's like so many. Yeah, that's also why I've been a little quiet because there's like so many avenues that I could go with this. I mean, there's a whole like even for me like classroom philosophy mm-hmm. that I could go into with this. There's just so many things, but I do feel like, and Dan, I don't know if the social aspect is what you probably had in mind, but it's just like it's so Filled. forefront every day that I'm yeah. for me at least.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I bet, and and I think you know I think it's kind of in the same vein as what we're talking about, and I'm wrapping up i i don't have too much left but um you know in terms of you know primarily information overload but i i think a lot of that information we we're human beings we can't separate you know i i think the emotional impact of some of that information and the social impact of that and you know i i think it it definitely is something that i think as a society we're just now in in a lot of ways starting to acknowledge a little bit more um openly you know i think for a while it was you know the generational gap of you know this is bad for you from one generation and another one saying but it's new and exciting and i want to use it but you know now gosh my parents use facebook for years now i've used facebook much more than i have and they're much more use- they're, you know they're much more socially connected on those mm. platforms than I am talk um, about information overload our parents should
0: not have access to all this information <laughs> yeah
1: my just kidding, mom mean, and
0: dad if you listen to this I'm so sorry
1: well it's just it's funny how susceptible they are and this is just a small thing just today Heidi showed me a um uh, my dad shared a video with her on Instagram and we were like she was like do you think this is like a scam or like a uh like a virus or something and i was like no i i don't i don't think so i said, i think it's just my dad and so i was like just tap on it and see what happens and sure (laughs) enough it my dad sent her like this little tiktok video um that was people like dancing in the morning after having their coffee and like that was it and she was (laughs) like why is your dad sharing this with me and i was like because i mean it's like it is a little adorable like because <laughs> he's like a 70 year old man yeah, and he's yeah. like look he's like enjoying that kind of stuff for some reason like it was just like people dancing having coffee like i'm a morning person like that was basically it uh, and, dan yeah. and do you I think, think
0: that your dad listens to this podcast
1: uh no i have not shared it with him but <laughs> at you, some point he may uh you know be offended Mr. By Mills, this. i'm really sorry <laughs> do you about think you will do that, that? <laughs> I absolutely think I will, and because I think it's fun, I think things like that can be really fun. I think it's like there there's definitely yeah. a positive side to all of everything we've talked about. I feel like I've had kind of like almost a slightly negative view of it, but there's a ton of really positive things you know mm-hmm. out of information out of the social connectivity, like those kinds of things are super fun um
0: well I think it's actually I, you were, that's why I asked the question when you were talking about the the uh Oh my gosh, re- re- the t- reflective brain versus uh mm. reflexive re- Yeah, reflex brain versus reflective brain. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I asked the question. You know, is, so it's not, you know there's no good or bad with these things. It's it's a it's about how you interact with the information, how you react to it, how you you know et etc. And obviously it can just like with substances just like with anything be overused you know Mm. irresponsibly used etc or can be really helpful and useful um but it is super easy it is a lot like a substance really easy to
1: get sucked down the the rabbit hole and you know yeah and i and to some extent i i think you're largely right but i also think to some extent it's sort of inevitable and it Mm. to be an active member of society. You have to confront how much information that we have, the expectation that you are able to navigate that information and like interact with new technologies as they're coming across. And, you know, I I think that's to me, that's kind of the part of the conundrum is identifying like "Eh, it's not always the best for us to be doing these things. But it also feels a little bit inevitable because how do you say no to the answers that you need? Do you know what I mean? Like how, mm. how would, at the beginning we talked about that service, you know, that, that will go through and identify all your subscriptions. True bill. But yeah. This and, podcast well, sponsored True Bill. My, my point is, <sighs> you know, we okay, would have had to not. stop you and say, do not go look up the name of it. Right. We are going to choose to not know the I name had of the to service know. I had and to just know. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, but that's, yeah, that's true. the point is like, you, you're right. You know, we, you're like, well, I can, it'll take me literally five seconds to find yeah. out the name of it. And you know, why wouldn't you, yeah. you know, I, and there, I don't think there's really a good answer for that all the time.
0: Oh yeah. yeah I can yeah. tell Jamie was on
1: it. <laughs> yeah. There's a,
0: there's a comedian. I don't remember who it is that I was listening to them recently. And he was just talking about, it. he said there was a time where you would not know something about something, somebody or something, and you would just not know that thing. And that would be the end of it. And you'd go on with your life and you'd talk to people and you would not know this thing. And mm-hmm. now we just can't not know. We have to
3: yep. know. Well, before Facebook, there were email chains. You guys remember True. email chains? I do. Oh, my gosh. And Thank our you. parents, our parents just mm-hmm. went yeah. along with it.
1: I'm just glad we just graduated, graduated
3: out from those. Yeah. And no one made any money on it. I don't think, you know,
0: you know, what I'm learning. I think I think all these problems are just our parents generation. Pretty that's much, all,
1: yeah. Which I'm seeing as well. Okay, cool. Well, that's it, guys. That's all I had. That's great, Dan. Nice, mm-hmm. awesome. that was It's awesome. Dan, right? Yeah, Danish. 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 Yeah. Dan-ish. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bot- all right. Well, let's jump Bot-tuba. in.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. Christopher you, Leather. Uh, Christopher uh, Leather. Uh, and then Ross. I'm sticking with Ross Harris here. So. Um. Hey, let's jump to our quick topics. Are for Jamie Hotcakes, Matt hot cross buns and me hot pockets i'll start with mine these i feel like are kind of quickly for me just becoming really strong opinions so but they can be <laughs> they can be quick opinions and deepest ones so um 50% of americans watch content with subtitles mm. in them. what that sounds like, 50, that sounds like a fake 55% statistic. says mm. it's a real one 55% says it is harder to hear dialogue in shows and movies than it used to be. Mm, I kind of agree mm. with that. Sixty-two percent of Americans use subtitles more on streaming services than regular TV. Fifty-seven, fifty-seven percent, um, or seventy-four percent of Gen Z uses subtitles. Mm. Uh, the, the other stat was whatever. But um, so I'm here to to say for my hot um, pocket that subtitles are a must use on only only record like record not live content. So live game, a live function, not necess- no, no subtitles ever. But on you know, filmed content that's released at a later time, subtitles 100% of the way. I think I think I I don't know what to exactly think of people who don't use subtitles. It it drives me insane and I just recently saw my dad and <laughs> uh, my parents in washington they don't use subtitles sorry dad if you're listening but um man it drove me insane i, I need so, more I information. Cannot, I cannot, what are what are you along.
1: what are you watching subtitles with like, like everything i literally watch everything, everything that i ever turn on at any point it, any streaming service anything like that it is yeah. always it's subtitles. always on. Matt, you, you, you so subtitles? i'm so
2: uncomfortable
0: i'm so uncomfortable with this i, Jamie, I turn them don't. on occasionally but definitely oh my not.
2: gosh you guys don't get 100%. it they're no, in no, the no, way no, no, no. yeah they get in the way and right, then, well, and, then the oh, thing, and then what? here's the problem
0: because like you're sitting, you're watching your show, and then all of a sudden you're just like, "Oh, I've just been reading for the past half an hour. This is stupid. If I wanted to read, I'd go read a freaking book. Like that's so dumb." Yeah.
2: No, no, exactly. no, no, no. Here's the true thing. Actually, Jane Dan, Mott. you might say it. You, Dan, give me your give me your thoughts
0: okay. for a
1: second. Go. I go actually quick. have thought a lot about this. Oh boy. Um, yes. Good. So of course, I, I I really think, <laughs> and I wonder. I, well, I wonder this. I wonder if it comes down to if you're a visual or like an auditory learner. And I am a visual learner. And so for me, like reading, oh. I, I love, like I, I can remember text, but also I'll say this to your point, Jamie, I do not read all the subtitles. My brain has somehow developed the ability to watch and to read the <laughs> subtitles at the same time. And I'm not kidding in this. It It's a thing like I've, called, I've become a superhuman if, and if here's I've, how I've done it if i can i
4: am not information
3: (laughs) overloading let me tell
1: you i real
2: perfect episode to bring this up. (laughs) okay i
1: realize how that sounded um i i probably shouldn't have gone so far as to say that i've developed the ability (laughs) i got bit (laughs) by spider and now (laughs) i will but i will say that as i'm watching i I I almost use the subtitles as like a supplement to listening. Like if if something sounds unclear same, to me, same, same, I can very yep. quickly just like pick up the quickly. word and yep. and that kind of thing. So I'm not reading all so the funny. subtitles. I, I just
0: I can't if it's on. I'm reading it. Oh, me too, I, Jamie. Okay, 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 Me okay, freaking okay. too.
2: It, it, okay, real quick, it starts that way. I agree. It starts that way until you learn to use it. And Noel shared with me. My wife has shared with me that she's seen some studies about this, that it's a good thing to use subtitles actually makes you smarter. Did you, uh, they're yeah. actually, they're actually there there are the rest of my case. About doing it with kids, but I am no, seriously though. It, what, what, what At first I agree. I remember when I first turned on years ago now, so I barely remember, but I used to hate them too, Same. but slowly you get. So ad- like, especially with kids, with newborn babies, mm-hmm. we kind of really lean. So like over three, you know, two, two, three years ago, leaned on it because we needed the show to be super quiet yep. but we still wanted to watch it and so you just learn to pair the two and it becomes just brilliant I never miss anything people who don't know how to read them will say like what do they say and I can easily say it because whenever mm-hmm. I don't right. know like Me too. I, I didn't hear Me it
4: like too, they did but I can, but I'm I can listening see it. And I can it's like, like you develop the ability
1: to <laughs> synthesize.
4: I have developed
1: within my brain the ability to <laughs> hear.
3: I, mean, I feel like I feel like uncontroversial opinion here. I'm watching something to not read. Right. Mm. <laughs> no. oh,
0: Christopher Leather. You and me, man.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah, see, it's effortless I cannot believe. I, I don't honestly, even think of it as reading.
2: Yeah, same. Me either. I honestly thought we'd all be on it's, the same Wait, age. I think it's funny how so I'm how, reconsidering no friendships at this I point. I think it's really funny how we I, get I split differently
0: along these lines. Cause <laughs> I feel like Ross and I oh, no, have a, have, have, tend to have a lot of similarities and then Matt, you and Dan do. But here we are. It's nice. true. Hmm. But then we just get in the splits. But yeah. I'm feeling the I'm feeling the warm and
3: fuzzies
1: mm.
0: that me and Jamie
3: are on the yep. same page here. Oh interesting. Yeah.
1: Hmm. That's a good
3: So that's yeah.
1: Good hot topic. That's my I, that's my that's my I'll hot, go I'll go next pocket. if
4: you're up for it. Yeah. All right guys, yeah, so, so it's my hot one. cake. Um do you guys crumple or fold? Ooh, I fold all the
2: way. Fold, I'm wow. Matt. Yeah. Do you don't? No. <laughs> Dude, I am you you who are you? You crumple?
1: It, who actually, actually like who are you? I, I don't even I know, if I know who generally know who you are anymore. I think of you as an efficient person, and so I'm just having a hard <laughs> surface time. Surface area, man. Surface area. I know. What do you mean surface area? You got there's more, more surface area oh. if you fold. That,
0: not true. Not true at all. That's true. No, just okay. That is absolutely not true. If that was the case, the brain no, I would think be I flat. Agree with Jamie, there's more surface area with a crumpled piece of toilet paper than there is with a with a flat piece of toilet paper. That is objectively true. There's no. There's no just like just like backing okay. in no, is no, no, no. Let me no,
1: no, okay. No, I I need to understand no, something. No, 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 yeah, when let, you're talking about, I'm this. not really sure how surface area comes into play because surface area is like the. Are you getting like all the little <laughs> nooks and crannies paper? of a crumple stuff? I mean, yeah. I just okay. don't understand. Yeah. Like how deep so do you wipe? I understand <laughs> what you're saying, Jamie. Well, I think energy. it's just
3: an assessment. Of what's happening down there, so you have yeah. to do a quick assessment. I don't
2: fold either didn't way. There's, look a, there's at. no situation where I'm folding. Here's the, let's do the measurements real quick. I, I'm holding a yeah. napkin, okay, and I'm gonna fold it like maybe you would. No, hey you know, Ross, okay,
0: Ross, okay, Ross okay, you're, you're missing whatever. something, man. You're gonna you're gonna measure like the the area that doesn't work. You gotta if you crumple that up, there's objectively more surface area.
1: Yeah, but most of do the you, surface area is never gonna no, come in do Correct. That's incorrect. what I'm saying. Because
2: no, no, unfolding this allows all of the surface area to come in contact. <laughs> so then none no, no, of this, you crumple it up. You don't fold it first. Okay, how, how is this doing the oh, same Ross, thing? You
0: are okay. that is a okay, false okay, narrative. You're telling me I fold and then crumple. That's let's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay. I crumple. Um, Here we
2: go. So I'm gonna. You tell me if I'm crumpling this correctly. Yeah,
0: that's good. Tell me how this size is the same as this size. I'm it into a tiny ball. Like, what are you?
2: Okay. What is it like?
1: Yes, yeah, there you go.
0: It's crumpled on your yeah, hand. Yeah, see,
1: I think that's part of this is it's you snowball. Oh, okay. uh, it's not I, an unlimited resource this. here, you, okay? I'm trying, trying to, I'm trying to balance Bro. efficiency. I'm using the
0: same amount as somebody who folds. How I, many, how that's many that's square not true. Three. As as someone that's who was a true. crumpler that, that turned
1: into a folder, I. Three to time. The question is do
3: you fold and then reuse? Yeah, yeah, and then the next question is, are you a
2: sitter or a stander? Oh, I'm a stander. Oh, I'm a sitter. Um, I'm, a st- I'm, a, I'm a stander. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> Jamie on that. I think it may be down to the size of the person. Yeah, that no, might be. I'm, it. I'm not saying. But I'm just yeah. saying. It's like, well,
4: I'm Ross, a bigger you, dude, you so use a. So a uh, it doesn't count just, as much. Ross, you like a, a Swiffer too, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you just re- yeah,
4: reach down stuck. the back with the swiffer
2: I use the wet jet <laughs> that's why you it's fold it's kind of like a bidet <laughs> <laughs> so the bidet <laughs> is a spray Noel gets really yeah. mad I use all the cleaner <laughs> for the floor <laughs> <laughs> that's a great uh, idea uh, swiffer wet jet <laughs> <It's> actually... <laughs> could you imagine how dirty the toilet would be oh my gosh I'm just like trying... <laughs>
1: Trying to
2: aim. who needs a bidet uh, when bring you have a, a, a water for <laughs> <laughs> but, Hey, let's go back to the okay. bidet though, Dan. Do you even wipe anymore with the bidet? Well, because you, you got
1: the bidet, yeah. We only have a bidet on one of our uh in one of our bathrooms, so and and just to be clear, even with a bidet, you still have to dry the area, so nah. you, you still do uh, a little bit of uh, okay. you don't I fold, dry. I do that as well. <laughs> Do you blot? All right. (laughs) Block? They said blot.
4: (laughs) Blot.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, blotting works. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to do that. It's not unlike, you know, just cleaning the counter off, you know, when it's wet. Oh, my God. That's unreal. Hmm.
2: All right. We're we're two for two split on all, on the both of them now. Matt, so what do you. Mine's mine's totally totally different. different than any of this, but that was
3: fun. So I want to know. I picked up some cologne recently.
1: Oh, interesting.
3: Is cologne nice. still cool? Mm. I want to know. Do you think cologne is still cool? I will say that I don't do a full spray of cologne. I looked into this a little bit and I don't <clears> do all the weird <throat> things where they say put it on, you know, your wrists or whatever. I just do a little barely tiny little spritz. Hardly push it. Yeah. On my clothes, just, and this is only because I'm generally a very, I get sweaty easily. So mm. then I'm like, I don't know, like, and I'm around people all the time, all day long. Are you so smelling I feel like sweaty? This, sometimes. Mm. I feel like this helps that. Mm. And maybe it's just a mental thing. So is cologne still cool? And I really like this cologne, actually, a lot. It smells amazing. And there's all kinds of like... Aqua yeah, but it's like a certain kind and it's this profondo which like there's all these you could do a whole deepish on mm. cologne by the way cuz there's like longevity of smell based on name and I don't know it's crazy. Mm. What do you think? I
1: I think so. I I still and I guess maybe this would be the answer. I still like notice when people are wearing like a perfume or something, like a fragrance like mm-hmm. in public, and, and yeah. I will think to myself, like, oh, that smells nice. Um, I don't think it happens as much as it used to, but <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think so. And I think you're not using it exclusively <laughs> for, like, vanity. You know, you're also... No, not you said, at all. You, you have some practicality in there, um, which I think like- probably everybody appreciates a little bit. Like I tested yeah, it, it
3: out. Like I made sure, like, oh yeah, full spray, that was too much. Like I like I'm not in it to smell the room. I'm in it if you get real close to me. okay. Yeah, he doesn't smell
1: like crap. Yeah. What does does that he do doesn't like, it? Feel real like he folds?
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well I think that that's what also what matters. I have um I have a little wax cologne tin that I've had for a while. Yeah. It's like beeswax. You like rub your finger on it, and the friction, um, you know, sort of melts it up a little bit, and then you put it on. And I'll, I'll do that. Heidi really likes it, so I'll do that for like nice evenings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But
2: that's cool.
1: Mm-hmm. I pulled up this image. Who
2: had this? Cologne? Did any of you have this cologne? Uh, never up? Have I heard of yeah, that. I
1: Curve. Yeah, that was like the cologne. Yeah,
2: this was like the most famous cologne. Or, well, for. Teenagers or whatever, like you know, yep. middle school. I've every guy had this. this clone. They just no in middle uh, school. Really? I used Matt, I used you? one called
0: I don't gravity in middle school. Oh, that was a blast. I had colognes. Yep, but they all that was stuff. my middle school right there. Hey, dude you've you have searched no, not this you've s- <laughs> not that one you've searched cologne <laughs> two different types of clones and in both of them
2: that minions
0: <laughs> clone popped up. <laughs>
1: Ah. this
0: is a
2: just a combination. I think they call it a clone mm-hmm. blend. Just Search get, engine
1: optimization. All I'm saying is, bucks, I
2: highly
3: recommend
0: this mm-hmm. one. It's nice. great. You know, interesting.
2: Um, that's cool. Man,
0: I, yeah. I I still use cologne, but infrequently. And for a while there, and I'm actually going to go back to this because I'm almost out of my cologne. But I use this st- stuff from beard Brand. It's a it's a beard balm, and then. Uh, mm-hmm. and there's some stuff for your hair as well. And they have, they talk about this. I think it's a little bit of BS, but whatever they talk about this thing called scent confusion, where if you're using this for shampoo and this for con- conditioner, and this for body wash and this for beard, you're going to have too many scents and smell a little crazy. So scent they have overload, if you will, scent.
4: overload. yeah.
0: So they have like four or five different lines of, of smells, scents, whatever. And the, the beard balm that I was using and the hair stuff together did a really good job like i never needed any cologne because that was just fragrant enough to kind of cover mm, that gotcha. um, i'll be going back yeah. to that soon i use one called old money if you're interested go check that
1: out i like it mm. nice uh it's all awesome. fun fact i i don't wear anything i don't even wear deodorant i do not have body odor shut up
4: is a no, no, no the, I'm being
1: 100%, 100% serious. You could ask Heidi. I don't this wear a on this, this is one of those on own. Own. Like one a things where, where Dan is, wife is making it up I, I, I am not too. exaggerating. I I do not regularly the wear deodorant, and I haven't yeah, in over 10 years. It's been...
3: I've grown this ability to not have body odor.
1: I've developed the ability, guys. I've developed this He's read a book, read enough subtitles. No, I'm being serious. I just, I don't. Like, I'm just not a smelly sweater or whatever. It is hard So to I, I just don't. I do not wear it. I've had the same stick well, of deodorant for I like believe five you. years.
3: Well, Ross and I share this gene. It's just yeah, we sweat smelly. on a degree yeah. change.
2: Mm.
1: That's true. I just yeah. don't, guys. I'm sorry. It's my super. All right, we'll have to look into that you
0: know, later you know when that, Jamie like, gets text Low back? levels of testosterone can keep you from having body odor.
4: No, no, really? really. Must be low T. It's a real Interesting. thing.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying um, that's what you have, Dan. It's just uh,
1: it's just a thing. I I do have low T. Thank you. Um, and oh, now wow. you feel the terrible, world don't knows. you? No, no, <laughs> no, no I'm kidding. True. I actually have no idea how much testosterone <laughs> I have. I was just trying to make you feel better. Um, but I'm going to yeah, go and bad. agonize about that for a while. So thank you for sharing <laughs> that. For mm-hmm. I actually made I that up. I just choked that on me. some bourbon when you that's said that. That's not true at all. I made i knew you made that up i knew you made that
2: up. all right well i think that does it for our uh quick topics in our episode that was a good one Mm. guys i I think i think that was a really good unique episode you know the other three of us came with some type of product and dan came with like some deep (laughs) the best best part was dan
0: (laughs) started before we even recorded he's like do you guys think that our episodes are too long? And then he did an hour on
1: his topic. <laughs> I am yeah. so, so no, excited. I, 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 I felt it while it was it going great. on, but I just couldn't stop. just no, couldn't okay. stop. And it was okay. that. No, dude, seriously, it's, it's really good. But I think that's it for episode. Hey, guys, any last words? Mm. I bought a shoehorn and I, I think it's been really great. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. 85. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, why I just
0: thought any about other, it. any other last I think, words oh, yeah my last word is uh,
2: beetle alright well I think that's it for the episode Till next time my name's Ross
4: I'm Matt, Dan, Jamie thanks for listening we'll see you in the next one peace Yo.